I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. And in today's show, Kelvin talks to Guy Cookson, co-founder of Respond, a simple way for online marketers to generate revenue. All coming up in Internet Marketing. Um, Guy, so you're the co-founder um, of a product called Respond. Can you explain a bit about what Respond is, what's unique about it, and kind of how that's a little bit different from um, you know what 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 exists already in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, basically, Respond is a really simple way for online publishers to generate extra revenue. Um, so instead of using banner ads, uh, we use contextual call to action buttons. So, for example, if you're reading an article about the latest BMW, um, we'll display a button underneath that says "Request a test drive," uh, and then visitors to the website click the button. Uh, and then go through to the um, BMW website, or we display an ad over the top of the page uh, where they can uh, complete a form or watch a video or just interact with the with the advertiser. And do, do you think that you know is there that is there a real you know it seems that you know there's this concept of banner blindness as it were is this you know is the kind of development of this a kind of response to that kind of um, you know yeah. trend where people. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, the banner ad was invented in 1994, and it doesn't seem that it was particularly scientific the way that it came about. It was more a case of the space in the margins, could we put something there that could help monetize web content? Uh, and I think the first banner ad was uh, on a website called Hotwired, and it was for AT&T, and it had a click-through rate of 78%. So as a format, it spread like wildfire, because immediately everybody thought, well, this is a way we can make lots of money. Publishers thought they were going to make a fortune. And in many ways, the banner ad fueled the first dot-com boom in the late 90s. All of these sites were expecting to make money from, from these ads. Um, but there was a problem. And the problem was that every year, there was quite a dramatic drop in the response rate. Uh, and it's, it's, it's fallen off a cliff, really. And now it's around 0.07% or less. And, and that problem is, is banner blindness. Um, and it's really come about by um, eye-tracking studies by people like Jacob Nielsen have shown that people just don't look at adverts. They, they zone in on the content. And I know myself, when I go to a website, I'm looking for what I've come to the site for, which is, you know, the article or the form or whatever it is, but it's not the ads around the margins. Um, and really, advertisers have spent the last sort of 15 years trying to fix this problem by making ever more interruptive formats, you know, ads that float or that play music or that expand when you go near them. 
uh, ads that appear in the content and basically ads that are annoying. Uh, consumers don't like them and publishers really only use them because they have to. And so it's been almost an arms race between consumers and advertisers as ads have become more annoying. Consumers have rebelled, not just by ignoring them, but by adding Adblocker software. Uh, there's a product out there called Adblock Plus that's been downloaded 122 million times, which I think sort of says it all, really. And that just strips all ads off the page. Uh, so, yeah, we, we decided to take a, a sort of totally different approach. Uh, Do you think it's kind of a, it's about the interactivity or the kind of, you know, it just better... Can advertisers get over banner blindness just by creating better adverts that are more contextually relevant and actually appeal to the audience rather than try to go for a blanket catch-all approach? Do you think that's a good good place to start for advertisers? I think, I think targeting is, is, is essential. And um, certainly with the product that we've developed, we've, we've, we've developed an algorithm um, that, that works by basically understanding the, the context of the page and delivering the most appropriate advertiser. But something that's quite counterintuitive is it's not always the most creative approach that works. Uh, we, what we looked at... Uh, is actually what publishers do. Um, when you look at the world's biggest publishers like Amazon and eBay and various other massive sites that really understand their audience and do lots of split testing, uh, people like Google, um, they don't use graphical um, uh, formats to drive their most important actions. They tend to use quite plain, simple call-to-action buttons like buy now, register, subscribe, quite simple, a, a simple approach, and they do it because it works. Uh, they don't, they, they, you know, like, like I said, they don't use particularly um, graphical uh, display ads to, to do these actions. So we, we sort of took um, what they were doing as inspiration for Respond, and we've kind of married that um, simple call-to-action approach, um, but with, a, with an ad message that's driven by the content of the page. And that's kind of, I suppose, the, bit, you know, the big selling point, isn't it? It's that you can kind of, you can get this conversion, as it were, without the person even having to leave the page, as it were. So they've not had to go off to your website. And that's the kind of interesting thing. So you think that that kind of almost opens up a world of like more of a CPA, cost per acquisition style of advertising, rather than the kind of cost per thousand or cost per um, you know click that seems to be more prevalent in the kind of um, banner world. And particularly, you know, I know that's changing with more biddable media, but do you see yeah. this kind of opening up more of a CPA style of, of billing and, and I think absolutely. I think that's the way that the market is going. I mean, the fact that we can track clicks and impressions is, is okay, but knowing the fact that most people don't look at ads in the first instance means that impressions are almost meaningless. So really the only thing that matters is, are you taking payment? Or you know, have, you, have you made a sale? Or have you um, increased your registrations? Or whatever your actual aim, uh, end objective is. And that's what we've tried to do with Respond, is focus really on what is the client's uh, ultimate objective. And, and charge for that, not charge for all the bits that might lead up to that ultimately. We, we, we work purely on a CPA basis. And I can see that working for a kind of like a lead gen kind of business where it's kind of, yeah, like, like saying, the, you know, the BMW garage where it's a book a test drive or maybe a kind of, you know, someone's, you know, paying for an email address for want of a better description. Do you think that yeah. we ever get to the kind of point in time where almost you kind of have like a, you, t- you hear a lot about kind of F-commerce at the moment, so Facebook um, selling. Do you think we, we could reach the point in time where, where people are almost buying products within adverts on other websites, as it were, or is that kind of probably a bit far-fetched? And, and no, I think that's, that's exactly where we are. I mean, that's what ultimately where we're going with, with, with Respond, which is that people click the call to action button and then, then um, shown the ad as an overlay over the existing page. And from within that space, um, what we can create is basically a micro site for the advertiser. So rather than taking somebody to a landing page on another site, which means it opening in a new window and waiting for that new page to load, however fast it loads, it's still an interruption for what you were originally doing. Um, with Respond, you can click the button and actually interact with, uh, with the advertiser there and then. Uh, with, within a space and that, and that space can contain it's a blank canvas for the advertiser so it could contain video sign up forms all the things that they would have uh, in, in their main website 
And do, I mean, because there's lots of interweaving trends here, you know, so I'm kind of quite interested in, you know, coming from a search background, so therefore quite interested in pay-per-click. There's the whole world of remarketing, you know, whereas if someone's visited your site, if there's a cookie been dropped there, you can yeah. show the adverts again. Is that kind of, you know, is this kind of personalization having quite a lot to do with the kind of greater um, interactivity? Do you think that, you know, the two are separate trends or are they very much part of the, the, the same movement? I think I think it's all part of the same movement, which is towards relevancy for the user. I mean, there's a, a, a trend against waste, uh, which I think is is essential because it's very easy to spend a vast amount of money using tools like um, Google AdWords, for example. It's not difficult to sink significant uh, sums of money into that tool, although it's all about, of course, using it well and making sure that you've got the right keywords and creating the right campaigns. Um, with Respond and, and, and other products out there, I think the trend is definitely towards uh, trying to make it easier and easier for people to, to, to deliver the right ads to the right people in the right place. Context is everything still. Um, because of course if you've just read an article about something you're primed and ready to act if the correct advert is there and this sounds like it sounds like great news for the you know the advertisers they're getting you know better adverts that people are more likely to respond to they're only maybe paying on a you know an acquisition model rather than a impression model sounds like pretty good news for the consumer as well because the adverts hopefully like we say more relevant they're you know more useful um and kind of you know hopefully it, it makes the experience of um, adverts a bit easier is it such good news for the publishers though yeah, we, we really designed this with a publisher in mind. Um, this is only going to work if we get publishers um, to really buy into it, and unfortunately they are doing and, and they're doing so because we've made it very, very easy for them to integrate with their sites. We're saying to publishers that this is as easy to add as the Facebook Like button or the Discuss commenting engine or add this. Uh, it's just a few lines of code. And that's all they have to do. And from that point onwards, the button will be displayed. Um, the right, you know, relevant buttons will be displayed on each page. Um, we've also done it in a way that doesn't require them to remove any of their existing advertising. So we're not saying take your banners off or take Google AdSense off. Leave any existing advertising that you have on the page and add this in as an extra. So, you know, there's no, there's no risk for the publisher. And the, the implementation, I can't stress enough, is important because a lot of publishers we've spoken to have bought into other ad platforms, but then the stumbling block has been integrated where they need to do design changes or they need to get their development team to do some work. With this, it's really simple. It's just a few lines of code and then from that point onwards, it works. And do you think that integration has been a big part of the problem, you know, a big challenge for other kind of advertising industry? Because, you know, as a search person, not as familiar with the kind of different networks and ad exchanges and, you know, all the all the kind of networks behind all that. But to me, it seems hugely complex, um, a fragmented market with lots of different options, you know, some very much aim, you know, in, you know, do you, do you go for an AdSense? Do you go for AdSense with DoubleClick? Do you then go, you know, it, it, it sounds complicated to me and I'm sure if you're, you know, in that industry, it all seems very natural. But do you think yeah. that kind of fragmentation does anyone any favours? Um, it can be certainly difficult for the publisher to decide which options to take. I mean, you've got the, uh, most of the market is fo- uh, focused on the same old formats, really, of display advertising. It just depends which network you want to use. So we're kind of stepping outside of that and saying, continue to, to do that by all means, but this is something new and different. Um, then you've got advertising that kind of exists almost within the content itself. And that's fine for, for some um, publishers are happy with that, but others want to keep the editorial and the, and the advertising separate. And this is, again, where we hope um, Respond sort of solves that problem because although it's related to the content and it's relevant to the content, it's not in the content itself, so it's still maintaining the integrity of, of, of the editorial, which we think is important to quite a lot of publishers, and rightly so. And in terms of generating that contextual relevance, is that kind of done on a keyword level or is it done on a kind of demographic level or how is that kind of targeting taking place? 
It works on our algorithm. Our algorithm uses keywords uh, to understand the content of the page and a very sort of ranking method uh, to, to understand uh, which keywords are, are more important than others. And in fact, we're doing some work with um, a professor at the moment at Lancaster University. He's a bit of an expert in this area, and it's really helping us to enhance the algorithm further. But we we also um, are working in elements of, of demographic data and also understanding where the user is located. So we're trying to, um, what we're essentially doing is taking as many signals as we can to deliver the most relevant relevant um, button for, for each page uh, to that particular user. And I mean, it, it, it you know, it seems that there's the, there's the, you know, in terms of Google with their understanding of search and Facebook with their potential demographic information there, you know, there's, there's a real potential, isn't there, that they could kind of really dominate the advertising space given that, you know, between those two different websites, you know, how much of search you know, sorry, um, of internet use is kind of, you're either on Google, you're either on a website that's powered by AdSense, or you're on Facebook. Do you think that, you know, is that is that a good thing or is that a negative thing, that kind of market monopoly dominance that these two companies seem to have and seem to be heading in a direction of having even more, um, you know, share of the market and share of the adverts running through their their various systems? Um, I mean, I think there's always going to, it's not a zero sum game and there's always going to be space for new uh, innovations and new, and new players in the market. Um, there will always be people that go to a variety of different websites um, each day. And of course, um, most of us have Facebook open in one browser tab, but we also visit other websites throughout the day as well. So I don't think that um, people are going to look to just one or two companies for uh, for their revenue model. Um, Google obviously has some great products out there for publishers and they work well and they will continue to be popular. And Facebook is becoming a great place for advertisers to, to, to use to, to generate uh, uh, new customers. But there's always going to be um, hundreds of millions of um, independent or uh, even large groups of publishers that are out there uh, that want to use and try new models. I think there's a, there's a massive opportunity there still. Just because of the breadth and the size of the market is, is vast. It's too big for any one or two companies to, to, to dominate. And in terms of these kind of more call-to-action-driven um, adverts that Respond seems to kind of um, you know, be part of there, are there particular types of advertisers that um, it works well for? or um, you well, know, we've, we've, we've got campaigns running now for such a, a, a wide variety from sort of Nike and Disney, Oxfam, Play.com, Dell, EA, Vodafone, Nokia, some really big brands, and they're all in different sort of sectors. Uh, to be honest, because they all are looking at slightly different um, objectives, it all seems to be working quite well for, for, for each one. Um, it really just depends on the kind of campaign they want. So for some, it's about a direct response campaign. The automotive companies want, you know, like I say, brochure requests or test drive requests. And then you've got, you know, in a, on the sort of entertainment space, they're looking more just to engage people and show them a video or take them through to their site and, uh, and, and have them uh, kind of experience their site. And, and others are sort of retail-based clients are looking for obviously looking for sales so there's the there's not there's not really um uh there's not really a particular sector that works better than others they're all looking for slightly different things from it and are they getting kind of slightly different results is there a benchmark there for you know because you can kind of say okay well here's a good you know um click-through rate um for an advert or here's a good kind of conversion rate from an advert is there any kind of you know stats that you can share about how these kind of more interactive um you know adverts compare to more traditional banners you know more basic ones 
Well, we're, we're, the, the feedback that we're getting from clients is that they're getting consistently a much better response than they do for their other sort of traditional um, formats, so particularly banner ads, but even text ads as well. And we don't have a kind of average yet to, to, to share as such, but we just know um, from, from speaking to clients that they're very, very happy with, with the performance, particularly in comparison to the other channels that are available to them. And I suppose if it's working well, you know, there's going to be a premium that can be charged for that, isn't there? If a, if a type of advertising is successful, its value goes up, doesn't it, and reaches a kind of market point where, where you, know, um, you know, everyone's getting value from it, but everyone's kind of benefiting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, the, the way that Respawn works, the idea is that everybody basically wins because, of course, the publisher generates revenue and we share the majority of what we make with the publisher where the action took place. So the publisher gets um, 70% of the revenue that, that, that we take from the advertiser. Uh, and obviously, the advertiser is only paying when they successfully make um, a sale or uh, achieve a registration or they get somebody to s- subscribe to their service, whatever their uh, objective is. So, in effect, they are only paying for success. Um, so yeah, I mean, every, everybody in the kind of chain uh, it, it gets something from it. And, and in terms of a more general question, I, I don't know whether, to, to what extent it will affect um, respond. But there seems to be, you know, going through at the moment, the, the changes in the cookie laws, as it were, and particularly in the kind of remarketing side of, of, of display advertising, that's yeah. going to potentially have quite a big impact. Uh, what's your kind of impression of, you know, uh, uh, is the EU taking a kind of a a not very good attitude to dealing with advertising? Is it going to affect um, a lot of these exciting developments that we're seeing that, you know, should help the consumer because they're getting better adverts? Um, do you think that's kind of a good move, you know, a bad move that they're making with some of these changes to the, the regulations around cookies and the like? I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to actually untangle what is meant by, by tracking. Um, when, you know, the, some of the browsers, not, not yet Google Chrome, but some of the browsers that have now a do not track option, but it's not quite clear what that really means. Do, do they mean that they don't, that if a user opts into that, does that mean they're not going to see a customized website, that they're not going to see adverts that are tailored to them? I think there needs to be a better understanding of exactly what they're trying to achieve with the legislation. In terms of respond, we actually don't track users. We base it purely off um, the relevance of that particular page and the information that we know about the user in, in that particular session. And um, we don't f- sort of follow users around, but obviously a lot of ad solutions do. Um, I, I think it's going to end up being a kind of compromise whereby people can opt out via the browser uh, to be to, to, to receiving personalized ads. But, you know, I think when you speak to most consumers, they actually prefer to see customized ads than completely random ones. Uh, although obviously there are concerns about privacy that need to be dealt with, but it's not a simple issue and it's going to probably take a good few years to really resolve. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, exciting, because I, I can see where the legislators are coming from and, the, you know, I can very much, I think they have good intentions, but I don't yeah. think that necessarily the, the, the solution is going to solve the problem that they're trying to, trying to solve there. No, that's right. Cool. Well, fantastic, guys. Some really interesting um, developments going on in the world of display advertising, one that we probably ought to cover a little bit more frequently on the Internet Marketing Podcast. So really enjoyed yeah. um, speaking to you. And, um, yeah, hopefully people can go out and see um, some of the interesting things Respond are doing and, um, yeah, have a look at um, what the future of um, banner advertising might well be. Fantastic. Great to speak to you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, 
If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. <laughs>